0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gangs all here, ready to go on this Monday. And as we always do, best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Your opportunity to be part of the festivities. You can email, tweet. You can dial us up, all the above. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming service. Download the app. Watch this program for free. And our radio affiliates around the country, including the formidable Fox sports radio lineup and our radio affiliates around the country and iHeartRadio. radio poll question, play of the day stat of the day. Carson Palmer will be back with us a little bit later on. We'll check in with the Cowboys coming up. Bears Steelers coming up tonight, eight, seven, seven, three DP show email address, dp at Danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at DP show. Make sure you go to Danpatrick.com, bunch of new t-shirts, a tailgate bundle, Penny's bang, biscuits, now we got uh, jerky for your puppy. Get a jump on your holiday shopping at danpatrick.com. And yes, we will start taking orders for the calendar coming up in a week or so. We'll give you more details about that as well. Aaron Rodgers' season in Green Bay has been compared to Michael Jordan's documentary, The Last Dance. It was Rodgers and Devontae Adams maybe riding off into the sunset like MJ and Pippen did in their final Bulls season. Of course, Chicago won the title that year. Green Bay would take that. But if you watched the last episode, you know the Bulls dynasty fell apart the following year. Well, yesterday, Packer fans got a glimpse of the future without Aaron Rodgers. Safe to say, not pretty. Second-year player Jordan Love got the start. He struggled, but to be fair, it was his first game. He'll get better. But the game was a subtle reminder of just how hard it will be to replace Aaron Rodgers, whether it's next season or in three seasons. But it was a wild week, and it's been a wild season for Green Bay. You get the feeling that it will make for a great documentary someday, maybe a 30-for-30. Everyone in Green Bay hopes the 2021 portion has a happy ending, even if the franchise future looks uncertain. We love to give grades after a draft. You give a grade how your team did give a grade after a game. You give a grade. I would say incomplete for Jordan love. And you could use that in a variety of ways. He uh, just looked timid, which is understandable. That's a tough place to go and play. But I think what happened yesterday is the focus was on Jordan love, but the spotlight still needs to be on Kansas city because Patrick Mahomes had 166 yards midway through the fourth quarter, passing. Green Bay was out without, with, uh, without a couple of its uh, starters on defense. No Aaron Rodgers. Chiefs couldn't run the ball. So while we can focus on Jordan Love, who we expected to struggle, Kansas City Chiefs didn't look good at all. If Rodgers played yesterday, I think we're talking about something different. But you're watching Kansas City. You're watching Patrick Mahomes. Troy Aikman brought it up. Why aren't you taking the seven-yard completion? It's right there, going for the home run. And it goes back to the analogy I've used with Steph Curry. Hey, Steph, stop taking threes. I, we want you to go inside. Yeah, but I shoot threes. Patrick Mahomes, hey, stop throwing the home run ball. Take what they give you. And he seems to struggle with that but they held on for dear life against a Green Bay team that could muster very little offense there. I thought Jordan Love looked a little bit better late in the game, but that's almost that desperation time where Matt LaFleur probably said just try to make something happen, but he did look timid. Uh, I was surprised they didn't run the ball more against Kansas City, maybe give him a little bit of a breather there, and uh, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I don't feel good about that win at all. If I'm Green Bay... Okay, I didn't expect to win. You want to see a glimpse of greatness? But, you know, trying to figure out this week for a Green Bay Packer fan, pretty tough because of what Rodgers said. Now you're kind of stuck in limbo this next game. You got Seattle coming up, and that'll be at home. Is Jordan Love going to play there? But look, Aaron Rodgers said what he said on Friday. That's what he believes. I said this a couple, uh, and I'm trying to think what day... We talked about this. Um, I brought it up that in his mind, he probably thought that he was vaccinated. In his mind. And that's what turns out in his mind, he thought that he was safe. Okay, now I have to look at the football fallout. Whatever you want to talk about with Aaron Rodgers, it's become political. I don't want to make it political. I make it about football. Aaron Rodgers is still not there. I told you somebody close to this said that they're not going to suspend him. He's probably going to be fine. The Packers are probably going to be fine. They were complicit in this as well. Now let's look at just the football portion of this. And that is, it looks like Jordan Love is going to play against Seattle. I don't know if Seattle is going to get Odell Beckham, but it looks like they're at the top of the list. Uh, The Saints probably in there as well, maybe one other team. Also, one thing to keep in mind when it comes to Odell Beckham, we're going to find out by Tuesday at 4 o'clock, If he clears waivers, and then he might be able to pick the team that he wants. The last two years of Odell Beckham's deal were taken off the contract by the Browns. So he's a free agent in March. If somebody gets him this week, then that team will be in a position to uh, give him a long-term contract, which is probably what's going to happen. See, the way he played it. And I, I thought that this was what he was trying to do is, I want to get out of here. I want to go to someplace else. I want to pick where I want to go, and then I'm going to get a new contract. That might be how this plays out for Odell Beckham. He might be in uniform for Seattle in that game against Green Bay, if that's where he ends up. If you would have said, you know, Kansas City was going to win, but score 13 points, I would have went, uh-oh, that's not good. The Buffalo Bills scoring six points in Jacksonville. Uh oh. The Dallas Cowboys down 30 to nothing at home to Denver. Uh oh. Welcome to the NFL. Week in and week out, where you go, wait, what's happening? That's the way it was yesterday. You know, the Raiders losing the Giants didn't surprise me. You know, the Giants are not bad, and they're at home, and the Giants usually do this. Well, they'll go on a run about four or five games. With everything the Raiders have been through and you're going to travel cross-country, I'm not surprised at that at all. Uh, I said I had a weird feeling about the Jags against the Bills. They were 15-and-a-half-point underdogs and won that game. I was shocked, shocked with what Denver did in Dallas. We'll talk to Ed Werder, who covers the Cowboys. The Titans going to the Rams, and you bring in Adrian Peterson. He scores a touchdown, and you manhandle. The Rams, that game decided in the first quarter. Back-to-back interceptions with Matthew Stafford. And look at what my Titans have done. They've <laughs> defeated the Bills, Chiefs, Colts, and Rams. Those are all playoff teams. Mr. Titan. Yes. That was my dark horse for the Super Bowl. And then, of course, you know, you got Derrick Henry going down. Adrian Peterson, I guess, was deciding between dancing with the stars or dancing with the Titans, and he chose the Titans here. The NFL, it just keeps on giving. By the way, I got updated Super Bowl odds, if you're interested in that. Not that I can tell if you're shaking your head, yes or no, but uh, I'll give that to you coming up in a moment. Intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. The 2021 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs, and it's every member waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. According to Vegas, updated Super Bowl odds. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, your favorites. Then it's the Buffalo Bills. Then it's the Rams, the Titans, and the Cardinals are tied. Then it's the Packers, Ravens, and the Dallas Cowboys. The Chiefs are in there after that, followed by the Chargers. We're at the halfway point, and I don't know if anybody has a handle on just how good or how bad somebody is. Because Jags didn't think they were that good, but playing at home, and they have a pretty good defense, couldn't muster any offense there. But this is another one of those games that I should be looking at the Jags and giving them credit, but I'd look at Buffalo because Buffalo is so uneven that they have these moments where you go, they're the best team in the AFC. And then there are other moments where you go, they're so self-reliant on Josh Allen. They don't have a running game, and that offense was anemic yesterday. Dallas Cowboys, that's no excuse. You know, Denver gets rid of Von Miller and then goes in there and shuts you down. Titans going to L.A. I thought the Eagles were going to beat the Chargers, and nearly did, but that's a bigger picture, uh, picture story there with uh, what's going on with the Eagles here this next season because heads are probably going to roll somewhere. Yes, McLevin?
1: Do you buy any of the theory that the NFL has figured out Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen? Just play your safeties way back, take away the big play, and it's harder for them to do their thing?
0: Well, I don't know if I look at Josh Allen the same way I do Patrick Mahomes, but I do think defense is, like, it just makes sense. This a quick strike offense. All I want to do is make sure I keep everything in front. Because they're so used to getting on the field and having a three-minute drive and then getting a touchdown. I want you to adapt. I want you to play our style of football if I'm a defense. And not everybody can do this, but you know, I don't have to blitz. I can have four guys rush. I don't think the offensive line is still that good. I want Patrick Mahomes to be patient. And I don't know if he can be because of what has happened before in his career. They have weapons, but there's still some big question marks there. I came away thinking more about Kansas City than I did Green Bay yesterday. Now, let me see Jordan Love play a home game and see how he does, you know, getting that one game. And I'm not going to give you a referendum on Jordan Love. Is he going to be an NFL starter? I think he has talent, but I wanted to see him be able to be a little bit more of the quarterback who was at Utah State. And we didn't see that yesterday. But, you know, they came in and almost won that game. So I, I came away feeling a little bit better about Green Bay than I did about Kansas City. All right, we'll come up with a poll question. We got our play of the day, stat of the day. McLovin, what are you going to go with today? Okay,
1: we're going to go start with worst loss, and we'll include college football. To put the Michigan State Spartans lose to Purdue, Wake Forest loses their undefeated season at Heartbreaker North Carolina. Uh, the Bills, uh, the aforementioned Bills, the Cowboys. All right. The, now, here's I wonder if you put these two teams on the poll, the Rams and the 49ers.
0: I'm not going to put the Niners on there. The Rams, I would put them on there because they're one of the top four Super Bowl teams. The, the, the Cowboys, to me, was the most shocking. I don't know if people will view it that way. They'll probably look at the Bills losing at Jacksonville. So that's one of the biggest road favorite teams to lose in NFL history. Wake Forest, I'm not surprised. Uh, Michigan State, Purdue does this. I'm not surprised at Michigan State. So I would say it's either the Bills or the Cowboys. Um I was surprised at the Cowboys. I was shocked because I kept thinking, wait, you're getting shut out at home. But here's the thing. The Patriots are on the heels of the Buffalo Bills. And we might not look at how, you know, like how the Patriots look aesthetically, But they're still the Patriots. they got a good quarterback. They have a good defense, good secondary, and you got Bill Belichick. I think they're a playoff team. Thought that at the beginning of the year. They've been uneven as well. Buffalo can't afford to be slipping up with games like this. Dallas is in a bad division. They can afford a loss. But, you know, it's one of those, is this a good loss for Dallas? I don't know. We'll talk to Ed Werder about that, where you get that, oh, hey, we want to You know, you get that reminder of, hey, you're not as good as you think you are, as good as your record is. What else do you have, McLovin?
1: Okay, uh, this is an odd poll. You might find it odd. But who is leading the handsome coaching power rankings? Cliff Kingsbury, Sean McVay, (laughs) Matt LaFleur, and this is a polarizing one. But Kyle Shanahan, I think he's a pretty good-looking man. But is it possible that Cliff Kingsbury is... All that and more after the Cardinals won with Colt McCoy.
0: I'm going to uh, I'm going to hold off on answering that question for maybe another week or another year or when I'm retired. You want some photo or photos slow... that I should
1: put up on the website? To no. compare?
0: I don't think we're that desperate on a Monday after what we had yesterday to be discussing the uh, handsome head coaching rankings right now. But uh, I do appreciate you uh, bringing that to my attention. Yes, yes, there are some stories though that are just too important. You mean that? It's too important. Yeah. Oh, it is. Mm. I'll go uh, Cliff Kingsbury all day, you know, especially when the sun is on him, you know, in San Francisco. Oh, he's got a nice tan. <laughs> yes, he does. I like how he got into it with one of the uh, guys on the 49ers. Like they were trash talking on the sidelines. I'm like, oh, boy. Yes, Paul.
1: By the way, coaches trash talking. Nobody's safer than a coach. You can't hit him. <laughs> he's like he's like a behind a guard bear. You know, Pete Carroll should be on the handsome coach thing. If you think about it, looks to age ratio. Okay, all right, he's seventy worry. years old, Dan. Right, right, right. He looks really good. Yeah, he does. I know. Just saying the ratio.
0: Let's take a break here, and uh, we'll come up with our play of the day. It shouldn't be underappreciated though. Matt Lafleur kind of taking some of the uh, slings and arrows for Jordan Love yesterday. That's mm. also very appealing. Mm. It really makes him more handsome. Uh, We'll check in with the Cowboys coming up. Glad you're part of the program. Hope you're still part of the program after those last three minutes. It's uh, 16 after the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. These days, some surveillance apps known as stalkerware can collect information while you're avoiding detection by pretending to be something else. Stalkerware sits silently in the background, collects data, doing things like recording calls, keystrokes, stealing your photos, Sending the info to uh, whoever is spying on you. It's important to understand how cybercrime, identity theft are affecting our lives. Every single day, we put so much information out there. In an instant, a cyber criminal could steal what's yours. That's why it's great that there's LifeLock. LifeLock det- detects a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has been compromised, they send you an alert No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can uh, help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year. Make sure you use the promo code PATRICK. They know you listen to the program 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com promo code PATRICK for 25% off. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Where other vans stop short, Mercedes-Benz vans go far beyond from their customization options. Cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz vans build-equipped, and engineer to be ready for anything. Go that extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. Here is Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys coach, after being embarrassed at home against the Denver Broncos.
2: Frankly, we we're out-coached, we we're outplayed played uh, all the way through. So uh, this is the first time I felt clearly our energy didn't exceed our opponent, and, 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 that's, and that's disappointing.
0: Let's bring in Ed Werder, who covers the Cowboys, ESPN NFL reporter. What's your reaction to that, Ed?
2: Yeah, I think – good morning, Dan. I think, um, you know, as Dak Prescott once said, the Cowboys were probably guilty of sniffing themselves going into this game. I mean, I think they had every right to feel confident. They were um, playing at home. They had a a six-game winning streak. Uh, Dak Prescott was returning. They were averaging 40 points a game at home. You know, they're playing a Broncos team that's lost four out of five. They hadn't had a single win against a quality opponent all year. And, you know, they're coming off a week in which they're going through the upheaval of wondering if the front office threw their season away because the new GM there, George Payton, traded Vaughn Miller, the greatest defensive player in franchise history. And so there were all kinds of questions about the Broncos and very few about the Cowboys. And then Dak Prescott came out and had one of the worst games of his career. His completion percentage was um, the he came in as leading the NFL in completion percentage. This was the lowest completion percentage game he had had since he was a rookie against the Giants in a game that ended an 11-game winning streak. And what he did yesterday ended a six-game winning streak.
0: Does, you know, sometimes we look at a loss and it's a standalone loss, but are there things there? And you're playing in an easy division or an easier division, and and I don't know if there's that, there's no sense of urgency here, but is, is this an aberration or do you think there's, something a little more to this
2: yeah I think I think until proven otherwise it's an aberration but they still have to prove that this is a standalone bad performance and ugly loss it's up to them to to demonstrate that we reserve the right to uh, reevaluate and change our opinion right now I still think I went into the game thinking the Cowboys are one of the best teams in the NFC Uh, I still think they're one of the best teams in the league but if they go do this this weekend against the Falcons In a game that's going to mean an awful lot to their defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, who got fired there last year as a head coach, uh, then I might have a different opinion as to what this team's capable of. But right now, I still think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender.
0: When did you realize it was not going to be Dallas' day?
2: Well, I thought it was an odd decision. You know, We've seen Mike McCarthy uh, follow the analytics and be very averse to uh, field goals, and he didn't take one on either of their first two possessions, uh, which... The broncos interpreted it as they took offense to it they thought it was arrogance on the on the part of the cowboys and you know teddy bridgewater and all the other players that you spoke to after the game made the same point that that motivated us we were we were pretty upset by that uh and they did score 10 points immediately after the cowboys failed on fourth down what four different times in the game the most in 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 20 years that uh they took that chance sometimes they were forced into it but i you know i just think it was a bad day from and there were a lot of weird things that happened in the game to their detriment. I mean, they start the game with a 54 yard kickoff turn by Tony Pollard. So they have, uh, they're on the Broncos side of the field to start the game, and they don't score with it. And, you know, then they get an interception by Jordan Lewis that's negated by a Trayvon Diggs penalty. And then they have the block kick to start the second <laughs> half, and the Broncos end of the field, and they don't get the ball uh, in, in a situation that almost never happens. I mean, the rookie Nason Wright is kind of the modern-day uh, Leon Lett for, for touching a ball that could have been the Cowboys if they just let it alone. Um, and and you can't really expect a rookie to know that and make that decision when the ball bounces up in his face. He doesn't know where he is relative to the line of scrimmage. I totally get that, but uh, that was just a you know a confluence of odd things that happened. Uh, and they, they didn't benefit from any of them. And so you kind of got the sense it was that kind of day, I would say, relative to the, the bite you play to open the, the press conference, you know, Dak Prescott, he said something similar in that, you know, hey, sometimes you come off a win, like we had in Minnesota with your backup quarterback, you think you could just roll out there and get it done. Um, and so I think that tells you everything about the level of overconfidence that they had. And, you know, it seemed to me, they cared a lot more about playing well at the, in the last five minutes when they were trying to avoid the shutout yeah. than they did when they were in the previous fifty-five minutes when they might have been trying to win the game. Can Dallas out-coach other teams? I don't know. I think uh, you know. I think Mike McCarthy is questionable in terms of some of the decisions he makes in terms of game management. I think you know. Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, has demonstrated that he's a really creative play caller and knows how to use their personnel and create favorable matchups. And same for Dan Quinn. You know, I think he's taken the worst defense in franchise history and turned it into something really, at least average, kind of the Kansas City Chiefs philosophy when, you know, they were been winning the last three years, be great on offense, be average on defense, take the ball away, create some short fields and extra possessions, which which brings me to this point, Dan, you know, they went, they had 10 straight games where they created multiple turnovers. In the last two weeks, they've created no turnovers on defense, and they scored. 20 points one week and 16 points the next week.
0: Where do you think the Cowboys rank in the NFC hierarchy?
2: I tend to think they're probably not as good as the Rams. And they'll get to play the Cardinals, so we'll see that matchup. I don't think they're probably as good as the Cardinals. I covered the Cardinals at Tennessee, and I thought they were really impressive in the best game I'd seen Tyler Murray play live. Uh, I think they're probably you know somewhere around where the Packers are. They're, they're probably third or fourth. But one, one interesting thing, you know, you talked about this being an aberration. And, and again, I think it is. The one interesting thing to watch is the fact that Vic Fangio and Brandon Staley, the Chargers' first-year head coach, they coached together on defense in Denver um, until Staley got the job. And they have a shared defensive philosophy. And yesterday, Fangio said, I just don't think a lot of teams played the Cowboys the right way. And so that bears watching from the standpoint of the Cowboys won when they played the Chargers at San Diego or at Los Angeles in the second week of the season, but they only scored 20 points. That was the fewest points they'd scored in any Dak Prescott start. And then yesterday, facing many of the same defensive challenges from Fangio, they only scored 16 points. So maybe there is something of a blueprint out there. Dak, when asked about it after the game, said, I hope everybody, you know, plays us the way these two teams have played us, but. The the facts speak for themselves. They didn't handle, you know, the coverage is being disguised. They didn't get blitzed. They they make a living off getting blitzed, and making big plays. They took that away from the Cowboys. And again, Dak had a really bad day throwing the football, and he didn't get help from his receivers who dropped a lot of passes. So,
0: what is that blueprint?
2: The blueprint is play uh, two high safeties, uh, change the look at the right in the pre when he's making his pre snap read at the line of scrimmage. Uh, get four-man pressure. Don't blitz. The, the Broncos blitzed. Uh, was the fewest blitzes that Dak had seen all year. He'd been one of the most blitzed quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, so get pressure with, with four and disguise coverages, play coverage, that, and take away the big play. That seems to be what the Chargers, um, who had success, even though they lost the game, and what Vic Fangio did yesterday. Great to talk to you as always, Ed. Thank you. Thanks for the invite, Dan. Clean the desk, will you?
0: Oh, no, never. Adding more tchotchkes here, not less. That's uh, Ed Werder, ESPN NFL reporter covering the Cowboys. Yeah, you're starting to see defenses because all the rules have really been predicated on let's get more offense. Let's take away as much as we can from the defense. Any advantage that they have. Can't put your hands on somebody five yards down the field. Um, it, It just feels like... How do we get more offense? Because more offense brings more excitement, more fantasy points. And these defenses are thinking, okay, what do we do? How do we counteract this? And it's starting with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, keep everything in front of you the best you can. Make make these offenses work to get down the field. And if that worked for Denver yesterday against Dallas, then teams are going to try to employ this. You saw that with Green Bay yesterday. Green Bay loses one of its defensive backs in in uh, pregame, hurt his knee, and it just felt like they did a really good job of containing. You know, as I once said many times on SportsCenter, you can't stop; you can only hope to contain. That's what my off. That's what my defensive philosophy would be when I go against these offenses. Can't stop you; I can hope to contain you. All right, McLevin uh, poll question we went with is well, worst the worst loss,
1: loss of the weekend. Choice star: Michigan okay. State, Wake Forest. Cowboys bills and we put the Rams on there. I feel like maybe the fifth option.
0: Yeah, I think it's a it's a, a bad loss because it's at home. You need these wins because, you know, Seattle's without Russell Wilson, the Niners lost and Arizona keeps winning. And, you know, you just you want that home field advantage. Best you can. And and it's games like this. We might look back on Buffalo at the end of the year and go, "Remember when they lost to Jacksonville?" Or when Green Bay was out with Aaron Aaron Rodgers, having that home field advantage. You know the guy who benefited probably the most from this past weekend is Tom Brady. Brady didn't play, and as far as MVP candidates, they all lost. You know, Brady is just sort of going, all right, let me survey the situation here. Derrick Henry's out. Uh, Josh Allen didn't play well. Dak Prescott didn't play well. Patrick Mahomes didn't play well. Rodgers is out. Tom Brady's probably going, uh, I like my chances here. Second half of the season. Yeah, McClubbin.
1: Lamar Jackson won again. I was thinking, it's hard to give him a second MVP, right? Like Because of the, the narrative nature of the award.
0: Well, he's got a better chance than Aaron Rodgers does, I think. After what happened this past week, I would say Aaron <laughs> Rodgers not winning another MVP. Not anytime soon. But Lamar Jackson... I watched that game, and and you just go, I thought the Vikings were going to win that game. Going into that game, I thought the Vikings would win. And for no other reason than the Vikings shouldn't win this game, or the Ravens should. And then you're just watching, and Lamar Jackson still does more, it feels like, with less than any other quarterback. Now, I could put Josh Allen in there as well at times, but Lamar Jackson still makes things happen, and you've got that weapon. You know, when they would cut away to Justin Tucker – you just know. Just just get me close. I mean, they're, they're just waiting. It's like, all right, how far do we need to get, Justin? Uh, give, give me 10 more, ten yards more. Okay, well, all right, we'll get it. And then you know that he's going to give you the game winner. Uh, we'll get phone calls here. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Jeremy in Texas leads us off this morning. Jeremy, best and worst of the weekend.
2: All right, guys, best work of the weekend is the Cleveland Browns just destroying the Cincinnati Bengals without OBJ. Awesome sight to see. Worst, I'd have to say, is with my Cowboys going down. 14 rush attempts between Pollard and Zeke. They don't use Pollard enough. They used him in the beginning of the season. All of a sudden, they just got rid of him. And Dak Prescott going for 39 attempts. I mean, I get it. You're behind. But come on, utilize your rush. Utilize your speed and Pollard. Stop depending on Zeke. You know, the, what's that adage? The uh, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. You know, they got to get it figured out.
0: All right, Jeremy. Yeah, I watched the Browns against the Bengals because I was curious, does Baker Mayfield try to do too much? Does he try to go toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow? But, you know, give the Cleveland Browns a lot of credit because they played great football all the way around. Here's Baker Mayfield after the win.
1: I'm worried about the guys
0: in our locker room. Uh, I'm I'm proud of these guys, how they were able to focus up despite all the – that was going on this week uh, and how they were able to do their job so that's why i appreciate this group of guys and uh and, and the staff that we have so we're gonna you know see if we can build on it and continue to get better is it addition by subtraction as crazy as it's going to sound i think it is and i've said this for a long time about odell beckham and baker mayfield young impressionable odell comes in i want to make sure that uh, i placate him i go to him getting him his touches Well, the defense knows this. Coaches know that. They can see that, feel that. And what Baker did yesterday, he had 14 completions, eight different receivers, with only one having three catches. Nick Chubb runs for 137. I mean, that's the style of offense they are. It's run the football, set up play action for Baker. Don't try to do too much. You know, and you saw that yesterday. I mean, that's an impressive win. They're still a good team, bordering on being a very good team.
1: Yeah, Paul? The Cleveland defense hit uh, Joe Burrow 12 times. That's the most by any defense on any quarterback in the league this year, 12, 12 hits.
0: Then they had the pick, uh, pick six as well. Which I mean, that really set the, the uh, tone for the game because, you know, the Bengals are going down the field. And you're thinking, all right, let's see if the Bengals are for real a good-to-elite AFC team, and they're not. They, they're going to be a, a spoiler-type team. It's just that they're not going to be consistent enough to make the playoffs, in my opinion. Uh, you know, the Steelers got a game tonight uh, against the Bears. You know, the Ravens win, the Browns win. You know, Bengals got a game at home. You got to win these games. It's like the Rams last night. You, you can't afford to let those games slip away. Win those games uh let's see who else do we have Uh, ed in texas hey ed what's on your mind today best and worst of the weekend
2: hey dan how are you good sir i got i got a a best better and bestest okay the best is my uh, alma mater a and m beat auburn okay uh my uh bester is texas lost and that's always a good thing because (laughs) they're so privileged (laughs) And my bestest is that USC lost, and uh, Coach Herman and Coach Rodriguez are to be pleased because your boy, Sean Salisbury, came on and bad El Paso, and they're not even going to qualify for a game, for a bowl game. So you need to tell him before he goes running his mouth to <laughs> make sure you got something to back it up.
0: All right, thank you, Edward. I'll, I'll pass that along. I, I, I didn't know that I have to be Sean Salisbury's conscience. Dang, Edward. Ed, yes. Heated. Edward Scissorhands, I cutting like, up Sean Salisbury. I like that two of the best things that happened this weekend were people losing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting to get in the minds of fans that what they really love, like what's important. You know? Hey, Texas lost. USC lost. You had a good weekend <laughs> because of that. Oh, my God. Uh, Al in
2: Atlanta is back. Hey Al, morning Dan. Good morning. Uh, best of the weekend is the University of Illinois Fighting Illini getting their first ever win over a college football playoff committee ranked team. has really turned it around up there, and it, we're, they're doing well. I, don't, I like seeing that. And as my worst, I don't know if I'm really allowed to have a worst of the weekend if I'm still recovering from a
1: World Series celebration hangover.
0: That is true. And you had your Falcons win on the road. Thank you, Al. What what is Illinois this year? Four and six. Oh, better
1: better than the record, Dan.
0: There's reason for optimism. (laughs) It's like if you're a Nebraska fan today, do you feel better because you went toe-to-toe with uh, the Ohio State? And they've had some close games there. And I wonder if as a result, you know, Scott Frost will earn another year. But I did watch a lot of that game just because Nebraska was hanging in there. All right, we'll come back. We'll get to more phone calls, give you our best and worst of the weekend. Back after this with our play of the day. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern, six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet. The truth, absolute fire, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Rice right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Oh my God! The play, the play's play, play
0: of the day.
1: Twitter left side, got it. I'm gonna play it and play it. This is the play of the day. Check this out.
2: Mayfield from his own 30 on second and 10. Turns, gives, Chubb runs. 30, 35, there he goes. 40, 45, 50, there he goes. 40, he's running to the river. 20,
0: 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nick Chubb.
2: Is he in the river yet? He's in
0: the river. (laughs) That's a great, great call there. Browns Radio Network. Nick Chubb runs for 70 yards against the Bengals. Since entering the NFL 2018, Nick Chubb has nine carries of 50 yards or more, tied with Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley for the most in the league over that time period. That's our play of the day. Play of the day is brought to you by Simply Safe. Well, they got a great sale going on now. Simply Safe Home Security, 50% off their award winning home security. Learn more and get 50% off your new system. Visit simplysafedan.com. A couple of numbers here courtesy of uh, Rob Domofsky of the mothership covering the Packers. Devontae Adams targeted 14 times. He caught six for 42 yards. Uh, Jordan Love's final numbers, 19 of 34, 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception, quarterback rating of 69.5, five rushes for 23 yards, five of 16 for 10 yards against the Blitz before the touchdown to... uh, Alan Lazard. Here is Jordan Love after his NFL debut.
1: Takes time being able to build that chemistry. Obviously some him and Aaron have very well. They've been together for a while. So yeah, it's chemistry
2: wasn't there yet. Um, but it's something that, you know, I think it was able to progress as the game went on.
1: We were talking through some things and just getting on the same page. I think it progressed as the game went on.
0: I'm gonna put a lot of this on Matt LaFleur. You knew Kansas City was going to blitz and It felt like you didn't do what you needed to do against that blitz. Um, I thought you could have run the ball a little bit more. But, you know, Jones had 12 carries. You know, this is a game you could have won. I didn't expect you to. But I still come away with not as much criticism towards Jordan Love as I do the Kansas City Chiefs. You barely beat Green Bay with basically a rookie quarterback at home. And a Green Bay defense that had lost a couple of starters. That, to me, is a bigger picture here. I expect Green Bay to still be great when Aaron Rodgers comes back. I don't know if I can say the same about Kansas City. Because right now, they feel non-threatening in a bigger picture. And I didn't think that I would say that this year. You just want your defense to be good enough. You know, Dallas Cowboys have looked at this blueprint. Let's just have an unbelievable offense. And then let's just try to get by with our defense. Well, Dallas has had a really good defense. But now when you don't get takeaways, now what that offense has to produce, and that offense did not produce yesterday, and they got blown out. Kansas City have an unbelievable offense and a good enough defense to keep us in games. Well, defense did pretty well yesterday against Jordan Love. The offense did not. And I think that's a bigger picture here as we move into the second half of the season. Jeff in Detroit joins us. Good morning, Jeff. Best and worst of the weekend.
2: What up, though, Dan? One time for chat. Well, good morning to you fellas. Listen, did anything happen this weekend? My God, what a, uh, what a time to be in the um, NFL. My question to you is this, Dan. Best and worst, first of all, best is going to be, I'm sorry about the band again. Uh Best is going
0: to be um, Michigan State. Lose them because that shows the fluke against Michigan. Worst is going to be just
2: Aaron Rodgers, Now I'm sorry. It's just Aaron Rodgers. And I guess my question for you, Dan, is this. This past weekend, a lot of things took place. If you were doing the
0: Dan Patrick Gazette, what would be the number one story that you would put on the front page? What would be Dan Patrick's headline? Um, I would probably have the Cowboys or Bills there. uh, But thank you, Jeff. Thank you for the phone call. Yeah, the Aaron Rodgers story happened on Friday, and it didn't affect what happened over the weekend. He wasn't going to play. It's just he gave you his thoughts when he went on Pat McAfee's show. All right. Like he took the heat, and, you know, he, he wanted to be the victim. But I have to look at the football fallout of this. That's what's most important to me and what I present to this audience. What is the football fallout? We can dive into this and, you know, discuss where you stand on the vaccine or, you know, what his mindset was or any of those things. But I have to concentrate on the football side of this. Aaron Rodgers, who I've liked as a guest, played golf with him before. But when it comes to this, we disagree. Okay. Um, I get to show up for work every day. He couldn't show up for work on Sunday. His thoughts, my thoughts. Okay. Now i got to look at the football side of this thing. And that's where I looked at Jordan Love. What's the fallout? What, is there a long-term fallout? What happens to the Packers? Were they complicit? Did they cover this up? Will they re-sign him? Does he want to stay? Does he appreciate what the, you know, the, the Packers did? You know, the NFL is going to ask for the last 30 days. They can ask for 30 days of in-house video. I don't know if the Packers protect him. I don't know if he gets fined. Does he get suspended? That's the football side of this. Is he going to be there for the game against Seattle? That's the football side of this. Do they get home field advantage? Does this cost them home field advantage? That's the football side of this. So if you're tuning in, expecting me to go on a rant one way or another about Aaron Rodgers with Pat McAfee, it's not going to happen. All right? Because we don't change our minds in America. When we get into arguments... It's really, and I'm not talking about sports arguments, but we probably don't change our minds there either. But it feels like we're more apt to change our minds with sports arguments than we are in real world topics. So I'm not here to spout, get on my soapbox and say, this is how we should feel or how you should feel, or this is what you should do. I made a decision to do what was best for me and the people I work with. And I stand by that. Aaron did what he thought. And he is standing by that as well. Love to have him on if he wants to come on and talk. Sean in Kansas joins us. Hi, Sean.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call again.
0: Sure.
2: Uh, I mean, being in Kansas, the best has to be the win, quote-unquote, yesterday, even though Dan Sorensen is allowing a perfect QBR (laughs) of 158.3. Um, the worst leads me into a question. The worst was uh, Fritzy's Broncos blowing up everybody's parlays and their fantasy football games. And that just makes me wonder if the Chiefs should be less afraid of Dallas in two weeks or more afraid of Denver in, uh, in about a month. I think they play.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Sean. By the way, uh, Todd, your Broncos had a big win. Congratulations.
1: I, I felt really good about it. I was shocked with what I was seeing with all the stops on fourth down. Exciting day yesterday.
0: Would you have worn the Broncos gear today
1: if uh, they lost? Probably not. Probably. Okay. I like to wear it when they win, and uh, I was all dressed up in my Bronco orange and blue yesterday, as were many fans, by the way, at at and I don't know if you saw that. Broncos like took over AT&T Stadium yesterday.
0: You still feel good about your Broncos being a playoff team?
1: I still have a lot to see just yet, but that was impressive, and I'd like to think it wasn't a complete aberration for Dallas that Denver showed what they can, uh, what they can do.
0: Thank you, Tom. welcome. Sean in Oregon joins us. Hi, Sean. What's on your mind today?
2: Dan, I'm going to go best of the weekend was an extra hour of sleep with the daylight savings.
1: Mm, okay.
2: And worst of the weekend, I'm going to say McCarthy and the Cowboys. No, hang on a second. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to say general manager Neil Olshay under investigation. I guess he's been uh, pretty hard on people there at the Rose Garden and not being a real cool guy. Yeah. Cool is how you dress or how you wear your hair. Cool is how you conduct yourselves and how you treat others around you.
0: Well, NBA will be doing an investigation, and they got a few teams to investigate, feels like. This is why you have commissioners, and this is what their job is. All right, um, we'll talk to Carson Palmer. He'll join us a little bit later on, as he always does every Monday. We'll get more phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. McLevin, would you update the poll results from the first time? Okay,
1: worst uh, worst loss of the weekend. Buffalo Bills are number one, then Mm. Michigan State, then Dallas, Mm. then the Rams, and no one voted for Wake Forest.
0: Okay, I didn't think Wake Forest losing was going to be a big surprise. Michigan State against Purdue did not think that because – After a big win, and then you have a loss. And Purdue does this. That's why they're known as the spoiler makers. They've done that twice already this year. One hour in the books, two more to go on this Monday. More phone calls coming up here. Dan Patrick Show.